With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Inhuman, The Monster of Cleveland is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics including violence and abuse. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, Haley here. Um, I am editing this episode currently and my audio is awful from this episode. I literally sound like I'm underwater. So I wanted to just apologize in advance and I promise we are working on getting a better audio set up so that this doesn't continue to happen in the future. All right, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. What's up you guys, I'm Haley. And I'm Andrea. And this is Inhuman, The Monster of Cleveland, the final episode where we're going to be talking about the Cleveland kidnappings that we've been talking about for the last 11 weeks. Okay, so like I just said, this is the last episode where we'll be talking about the Cleveland kidnappings, which is what we've been covering in the first 12 episodes, including this one. Um, And I think this will be a really short episode, but we kind of just wanted to wrap up this big case with kind of sharing some of our thoughts on kidnapping cases and why we wanted to share this and all of that, and also a little bit more about what Michelle and Gina are currently doing to help, you know, victims and families and stuff like that. We did talk a lot about uh, what Amanda's doing in the last episode, so be sure you go listen to that. But we wanted to elaborate a little bit more on some of the organizations that they have started. Yeah. So I had mentioned in the last episode how um, Michelle, who is now known as Lily, um, had started an organization called Lily's Ray of Hope. And you can actually find out more about that on um, the website, lilliesrayofhope.org. And just to tell you a little bit more about that, um, it just like their little, I don't know, like intro to the website. It says that Lily's Ray of Hope was founded by Cleveland kidnap survivor, Michelle Knight, also known as Lily Rose Lee, after surviving 11 years of... After surviving 11 years of captivity and unspeakable abuse, Lily is truly a survivor and has vowed to empower and make a difference in the lives of others through Lily's Ray of Hope. Lily's Ray of Hope is a non-for-profit organization dedicated to supporting and addressing the needs of women and young girls who have experienced physical and emotional abuse through domestic violence, human trafficking, and child abuse. Um, So this website was updated in 2020 so it's pretty current and their services include um a whole lot of things so they do housing assistance for women and children clothing assistance Um, they also provide education assistance um special trips and events so i guess they do like maybe like a yearly you know yeah. Meet up kind of thing. Um, 
They do assistance with overall self-care. And then they also do a variety of art and healing classes, which, of course, you know, we know Michelle likes to write and draw and all of the things. So that makes a lot of sense that she would want to include that. And um, if you or someone you know needs help or support in this way, there is a little form that you can fill out on the website and um, get some help and they can contact you back. So I just wanted to include that in the beginning of the episode because I thought it was um, just elaborate more on it since we kind of touched on it in the last episode. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, she, we've said this before, but she's freaking amazing. And I'm so glad she's been able to take this horrible experience and turn it into something that is helping others. Exactly. That's amazing. Um, So Gina also started a center and hers is more uh, centered around missing children, um, not as much abuse. And I mean, that makes a lot of sense. She in the house didn't endure quite as much, especially as Michelle. Um, But hers is called the Cleveland Family Center for Missing Children and Adults, and their website is clevelandmissing.org, and we'll put both of those websites in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Um, But their mission is, uh, quote, to deter abductions, exploitations, and trafficking of all ages and genders, to establish a place for families and survivors to come for support and resources, to provide prevention training to the community and to raise awareness to create safety and secure community for all citizens. Um, So on their site, they actually have like the video of her arriving home, the news footage from that. And um, when she was on America's Most Wanted, and then they also have the missing flyer. So if you remember one day, asshole, I don't want to say his name, but he came (laughs) home with um, a missing flyer that was being handed out by Gina's mother that he took right. from her and he gave it to Gina and she like decorated it with hearts and write, wrote like I love you and she also put like little pictures of food that she was craving and stuff and that's pretty mm-hmm. much like the only thing she kept from the house and so there's a photo of that on the website um wow. so I just thought that was that's neat so... yeah that's so awesome yeah and uh so it was started by obviously Gina and then her cousin Sylvia Um, So they're working together in Cleveland, specifically working to help both victims and survivors and their families. Um, So they're just incredible. They have a bunch of missing events, um, along with a bicycle ride for hope. um, And they share about like media coverage. And they also have resources on the website for missing person, missing children. And then like they talk about what the procedure is like when um somebody goes missing and they like go into a ton of detail of like things you need to do steps to like take with law enforcement and just yourself how to take care of yourself so that you can be like at your best so there's a lot of great resources on that website and she also has taken this terrible thing and turned it into something to help others which I think is incredible yeah that's amazing because I think you know, like, and we're going to discuss this further in a moment, but, you know, it's, it's different in every state, every county, how they handle, like when children go missing or adults go missing and there, there should be, I feel like a federal, yeah, you know, chain of events that happens when someone goes missing, but it's awesome that they are providing people local to that area, um, you know, a guidance, like a step-by-step kind of thing of like what they should do and like what they should expect from law enforcement. Because I think 
people get intimidated and they just yeah assume that like they know what they're doing so they'll take care of it but it's like that's not always the case yeah exactly 100 percent. no it's awesome um so kind of going off of that that was a really good segue actually um (laughs) how we were talking about in the last episode um amanda actually had a quote um and she was talking about how she wanted to change the way that people looked at missing children And this is a quote from her book, and it's a little bit long, but I want to include it because it, like, gave me chills when I first read it. So she said, quote, when the police first came to my house, my mom was sure I had been kidnapped, but they didn't take her seriously. That's just wrong. Even if a lot of teens do run away, when a mother says her kid is in trouble, the police should listen and not tell her that they know better. As the years dragged on, most people thought I was dead. So why should there be an ongoing all-out investigation, especially when bank robberies and other crimes occur every day? Why spend the time? I am why. Gina and Michelle are why. Wow. That did that gave me goosebumps. So yeah, that that really is just so powerful. Like, and it, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but like, and I think we've talked about it more just with each other than we have actually on the podcast, but it is just so true in so many cases. Not all, of course, but in a lot. We hear about how police didn't take action right away because they didn't think a child was missing. And like, I was actually thinking about this the other day, whenever I'm listening to like a podcast or reading about a case, it's always shocking when they do take it seriously right away, which is not what you want to be shocking. Like. Exactly. Because it seems to be the norm is that they always say, oh, they probably ran away or, oh, they're probably at their friend's house and they'll probably be be home later. And it's like, no, the first 48 hours are the most important. You need to take action now. I don't give a rat's ass like what you think you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, and if if I'm wrong, sue me, but at least do, do you do your due diligence and and prove, prove me wrong, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, especially with teenagers, I feel like they're, like, oh, they're just with friends or, like, teenagers are prone to do that. And, like, I'm sure that that happens, but especially when a parent is insisting that that's not what happened and that the other thing is, like, a lot of times there's no actual signs of a runaway. Like, in Amanda's case, she had money in her, like, drawer and and she was wearing her work clothes. If she had run away, she wasn't going to do that. And her mom knew that, but the police still didn't take it seriously. Right. Like they would pack a bag and like get their money and do all the things. And like, like you were just saying how they think that like, you know, teenagers are just prone to running away. I can tell you when I was a teenager, I don't think I knew one single solitary person who ever ran away from home, like truly ran away from home. So to make that the, like the norm, I don't think that's, yeah, that's not accurate at all. No, I agree with you 100%. It's ridiculous. Um, And then, so there's kind of like one more, just like talking about this a little bit, um, that I kind of think it's like a good way to close out the case and like what we can take from it. Um, And, you know, this is one of the reasons why we wanted to share Michelle, Amanda, and Gina's story, because, you know, we wanted to obviously spread the word because they're so incredibly strong and share their story. Um, But it's, like it's possible for people to be found and so many people thought that they weren't alive and we wanted to share because we wanted to spread that message that it's never too late you know it took 10 years 
for them to be found. And so many probably gave up hope. And even like the lady that um, walked by when Amanda was trying to get out of the house and she was like, no, that can't be Amanda Berry. She's dead. Like most people didn't believe it. And there are so many people out there that are missing in so many open cases, many of those that are like children, and they may still be alive and we can't stop looking and we certainly should never stop talking about them and sharing about them. Right. I mean, look at um, JC Duggard, for example, she was missing for 18 years before she was rescued. And like, that's a whole lifetime. And people thought she was dead. Like, that just yeah. goes to show you like any anything is possible. And I, I think I can kind of speak on both of our behalves. Like we are, we are, yes, we're telling stories. Like we want to get like, you know, these stories out there just to bring more awareness to it. But like at the same time, we also want to like make a difference, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, we're just a small little podcast right now, but like, you know, we want to, uh, you know, make a difference and like, yeah give justice to these cases and like some of them already have justice and some of them don't and then some of them are still you know cold cases and open cases and all of the things but you know it's not just we're just here to like tell a story and like make content like we really I feel like we really want to make a difference and like talk about like these organizations and talk about like you know writing your legislators and getting laws changed and you know all the things because like um crime junkie says it's the season of justice so (laughs) yeah no literally I saw a a tweet this morning from um Sarah Turney Alyssa Turney's sister and it it fits in perfectly she said something like um if you ever say to a family that of a victim like oh I I don't think you're ever going to get justice or something like that you are trash basically. I mean, that's not what she said, but that's, that's what I'm (laughs) I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like you, you should never say that. I mean, look at her case, like her sister's case is after all of these years, finally getting justice. And it's because of the work that she's done and she's pushed the content out there. She's told people the story and that's led to an arrest and stuff like that. And so it's the same Thing. I totally second what you just said. Like we want to make a difference. Yeah. And, and, you know, for people out here, like any small tidbit of information can lead to an arrest of any crime. So don't think that like, oh, you might've saw this car or, oh, you might've saw this guy in this white hoodie or whatever. And it like, doesn't, it's just fleeting and it doesn't matter. Like call it in. I mean, you yeah. may feel stupid in the moment, but you may be making like a huge difference in a case. So like definitely yeah. say something. Don't be scared to like step up and say something. Yeah. The other thing, and I will be the first to admit, I, until like, honestly, until doing this case and like learning about it and also listening to Sarah Turney's podcast, like I, I was not good about this, but I'm trying to be better. When you see a missing person flyer or a billboard or a post on social media, like do something about it, whether it's sharing it, commenting on it, just leaving a like or, you know, sharing with friends or even just memorize the photo and the name. Like, don't just look at it, say, oh, that's so sad. And then like scroll by it or walk by it. Like you never know what you may see in the future or hear in the future or like you just never know and the least we can do is 
at least pay attention to the photo. Like if you don't want to share it, if you don't want to comment on it, whatever, like I would recommend you do that, but that's your own preference. Like at least just look at it for more than half a second to scroll on to watch like the next funny video on your feed. Like just look at it because if it's out there, there's somebody missing and somebody has put time and effort into making this poster to try to find their loved one. And, you know, least we can do is look at it, memorize it pay attention to it and you never know yeah I mean it only will take you what five seconds to reshare something and it's yeah costs you absolutely nothing so I don't know why someone wouldn't do that but I understand like like you were saying like before not really having the you know the understanding of like how serious that impact can be you know until you're like really diving deep into these cases and Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like too, like, I mean, it's sad, but uh, like missing, missing persons posters on like streetlights and billboards and stuff like that. Like you see them at least in the city decently often. And that's heartbreaking to think about, but like, I feel like we've almost become desensitized to them and we need to re resensitize ourselves. Yeah. Well, as a society, we've come desensi- become desensitized <laughs> to a lot of things, I think. So I True. agree with you there. <laughs> True. But yeah, that's that's what I'm taking away from this case. And I hope you guys all can too. Um, we hope that you guys liked following along with this story as difficult and painful as it was and have found strength and resilience through listening to Michelle, Amanda, and Gina's like survival um like Andrea said we're telling a story and sharing the details because we think more people needed to hear it but also like we want to make a difference and so we hope that you think we did them and their story justice and that you can take something away from this and you will even if it's looking for an extra 10 seconds at a missing poster you are doing an amazing thing right exactly So going forward, we are going to kind of transform this into a full-on true crime podcast. Um, We weren't really sure what we were going to do. We went back and forth between creating like more more seasons, covering cases, and what we wanted to do. But we've decided that we're going to do weekly episodes that cover different cases. Um, Some may be multi-parters, so there might be like, I mean, even like four or five-part episodes. But um, we're not going to do specific seasons dedicated to one case. Um, We'll still cover the stories in their full, like, entirety and, you know, give them all justice. And we'll do all kinds of stories from kidnappings to serial killers to other survival stories, stuff like this that is reminding us, like, why we need to keep talking about it. Um, And we're also going to try to cover, you know, both like more known bigger cases along with some of the less known cases or cases from um, that like just aren't covered as much. So yeah, we're going to try to cover a variety of cases. And if you guys have any cases you want us to cover, let us know by either DMing us on Instagram at inhuman underscore podcast, or you can send us an email at inhumanmonsterpod at gmail.com. Um, and we want to cover what you guys want to cover. We have a couple lined up of like, what we want to cover but we're open to suggestions yeah we're always open for suggestions because I've heard a lot of crazy cases on other podcasts that those hosts didn't know about and I didn't know about so there's there's a plethora of cases out there that don't have that exposure for sure yeah 100% I'm excited though 
Yeah. Me too. I'm like, I, I'm almost done researching my first case. So I am pumped to share that story. Yeah. And it also, it kind of is one that years, it's like years later stuff is coming up about it. So it's another one that's kind of like, don't give up. So. Oh, nice. Awesome. Uh, we haven't told each other what we're doing, if you can't tell. So it'll be a surprise <laughs> to the other person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also, please, 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 if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. That way you'll be notified when we post a new episode. For right now, I'm just going to say that we'll promise one episode a week, but we might try to do more than that once we get into the groove of it. Um, at least that's what I was thinking. I yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I was definitely down for like two episodes a week. But. Yeah. Okay, cool. Especially if they're multi-parters too. Like we yeah. can, that way, like you're not waiting a week between every single part. Right. Um, and also if you're listening on Apple, give us an iTunes rating and or review. Um, you don't even have to leave a review. You can just hit the number of stars you want to give us. Um, it'll help us reach more people. So if you are enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world to us. Um, and do you have anything else to say? I have an ending line. No, just share with your friends, like, let us know how we're doing. And thank you as always for listening. We really appreciate all of your support. Yeah, you guys are the best. Um, we hope that you guys enjoy and until next week, keep it human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha